Hi, Bree. Hi. Welcome to the Review Podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Bree. And this is a podcast where we review movies. We watch a movie each week, uh, notably franchise movies. Uh, we've at least one of us have seen the movie that we're watching once. Um, we've both seen many of these movies before. I think The Luck of the Irish was maybe the only one that Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day had to be the only one that like I didn't see that you saw. Um, but at least one of us sees the movies and then we watch the movies and then we review the movies. We review, review the movies. When we watched Valentine's Day, you went full on Pepe Silvia on everybody. I was trying to connect. <laughs> yeah, dude. Pepe I, Silvia, Pepe Silvia. <laughs> Carol, Carol. <laughs> I have all the red string trying. To, I had the web, man. I you I did. drew out the web and I was like, I can't make out who's connected to who. I lost track of all those characters. But um, we're dealing with a little bit more of a uh, uh, simplistic movie, we'll say. Not so many character connections in this movie that we're talking about today. But, you know, why don't we start off with a little with a, with a little small talk, with a little small talk on the Review Podcast. Uh, yes, this is the Review Podcast where we review movies. We're compiling a list of the top 100 best movies of all time. The list is narrow. It's short. It's short and it's narrow. But like you said on our previous recording before we restarted this... <laughs> What did you said? What did you say? I said it's because we're we're doing franchises, yeah. And rarely does a sequel or a threequel um, make it on a list. But we're talking here about requels. We're in a re we're in requel territory, Brie. <laughs> we're in requel territory of both of these franchises. We're going to be doing requels uh, this week, next week, the week after, and the week after that. Yay! Yeah. So we're in requel territory now, baby. Baby, baby, uh, how's your day, Bree? How's you know what? We haven't recorded in a while. While this is coming out shortly after our Halloween two podcast, it's been about two weeks since we've sat down in the studio. I changed my microphone. my My microphone is now like being gobbled into my mouth. <laughs> Gobble me, swallow me. <laughs> um, I'm doing okay. I mean, a lot has happened in the last couple of weeks. I'm sick right now, um, unfortunately. So if we ever like abruptly pause, it's because I did a big old cough. You can always cough outside of them. I'm sure. Listen, whoever the I don't know what is our top. We don't get a lot of views on or listens on this podcast. But if somebody's listening and they've been a diehard listener, then they want to feel that intimacy between us and the viewer, where it's like. We want you to be your authentic self. And if that means coughing off mic, you can do that. Well, we're here. We're in the studio. We got Anthony. Yeah, that's we me. We got Kaido. He's sleeping in his little bed. Kaido is a sleepy boy. Um, we've been dealing with a lot with Kaido recently. Um, I think we last left off. He was eating our walls, but we've curbed that because now he's back in his pen while we're gone throughout the day. He's been great. We give him a little peanut butter, a little Kong. He's um, a good little yeah. boy. 
He got a little um, chew stick today when I left. To go oh, to he the... did? You didn't tell me about that. Oh, yeah. I gave it to him because I was like, you haven't had a treat in a while and I'm going to be gone for like a couple hours. So I signed one of my we're doing. OK, so change of stuff. Well, let's finish up Kaido. We so we like open up tabs sometimes with the podcast where it's like we start talking about one thing and then we transition into another and then another and then another. So let's go all the way back to our first point and then I'll go on to our next one. Um Kaido. So he got a spanking today. Let's a little tap on the booty. Oh, because he he okay. When we say spanking, Anthony, I'm not like Anthony's not hitting the dog. No, I'm not like he's like murdering the he's dog. He's like yelling at the dog and giving a little tap on the butt. Say, no, to no, like, Kaido, no, no, look what you did. No, um, he got a he got a little tap. He got a little booty cheek tap. He got a booty cheek tap, which I mean, because he give he gave. Anthony like a kiss right after. So oh like, yeah, he was very sorry. So, yeah, he, he he's he, in Kaido is in destructive phase of his puppy era, and destructive phase means he's going to destroy our walls. He's going to eat our baseboards. He is going to destroy every single toy in his sight. And he was doing really well for a little while there, not being super destructive. And then this morning, Bree is on her spring break from school. And I have to go to school. So I wake up early. She wakes up with me, but then she goes back to sleep on our couch in our living room. Usually the dog sleeps with her. Today, the dog decided to rip the fuck out of his toys. Yeah. And so it was a toy that meant a lot to Anthony. So it was one of his first toys. We get him a bark box every month. And it was one of the first, it was the first bark box that we got. And it's one of my favorite toys that he has. It's a WWE microphone. And it's a little chew toy. Uh, and I always like interview him with it. Like, Kaido, what do you think about the photos? The the allegations, Kaido. What about the allegations? Yeah. And you will not believe the rigmarole I went through to get a replacement because I went on BarkBox.com. And of course, they have none of it. Which is weird because normally they sell those toys individually. They had none of it. None. So, you know, I, I found it at the WWE shop. Yeah. I had to buy it from WWE. Which means it was a, probably a little bit more expensive, huh? I mean, it wasn't too bad. I bought that, and then I bought the WWE Championship belt chew toy for him. I was going to suggest that you buy that, and then you did it anyway. I was like, oh, I'm going to get this for Anthony for a little surprise so when he opens the box. So it'll be like something unexpected. But of course, like I suck at keeping secrets from Anthony, and I told him You right told away. me immediately. I was like, I also <laughs> bought something else. It was immediate. Um, so Kaido, you know, we've had a little our ups and downs with the boy, but he's being good right now. He's laying in his little bed while we record the podcast, and I'm appreciative of that. So word up to you, Kaido. Bird up. Do, do, do. I love him. Yeah, I do too. He's sleepy, beepy. Yeah, Bri is talking off mic to the dog. Uh, I know. He's a sleepy boy. Uh, so second point that I wanted to get into because you're on spring break. Hallelujah. How are you feeling on spring break? Um, I feel sick. Um, well, yeah, you're sick, but like otherwise being off and, you know. You know, I feel like I went to, so this is how my spring break is going so far. So yesterday, still a little bit sick. I wore a mask. I went to the gym, kept my mask on um, because that's what masks are for, to keep other people safe from your germs. So, of course, I want to protect people at the gym. And then after I went to the gym, I went to Half Price Books. Shout out to Half Price Books. Sponsor me. Give me money. I love Half Price They're Books. They're going to give us half 
price sponsorship. Yes. Um, I bought like seven books. It cost me what would have cost over a hundred dollars. Only cost me about like sixty dollars. <laughs> about half price. About huh? half price. Yeah. Um, and some of them wow. are new books, like brand new, spanking new. And they have like a their section at the front where it's like new books where people buy them, read them, and resell them like right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get more money for books that way. But I bought like a ton of books, and like I read, like I just finished one. I'm on my second one, um, in you know two days. <laughs> and then today I went to the gym again, wore my mask, and then I got myself some Panda Express for lunch. And the lady at the Panda Express kept calling me honey and dear. It was so sweet. I love when. Was she old? No. Oh, really? She was like oh, maybe a little bit older than me. I love when old women say honey and dear. She was wearing um, a hijab. Mm-hmm. So she was. She looked to, to be a little bit older than me. But I also give off strong teenager energy. Yeah, we don't age. I'm I've I, determined. I'm, I'm going to tell you. I have been mistook for a child. <laughs> I'm More I'm than like once. I'm like positive that we don't age because so I teach at the same high school that I went to and I have access to their like records system where you can look up pictures like the information of students that you currently have or students in the past and I looked myself up from when I was a student. And I look the exact same, except when I was in high school, I did this thing and where you grew a crazy, disgusting mustache. No, that was eighth grade when <laughs> when I didn't know how to shave my face. Um, in high school, I did this thing where I would like smile, but I wouldn't because I don't like, you know me, I don't like smiling with my teeth. He has I think, the most adorable gap. I don't like my teeth. And um so I smile with my mouth closed. But when I was in high school, I would do this thing where like I tucked in my lips when I smiled. So it was like, I'm doing it right now. You can't see it, but I'm doing it. <laughs> and it looks like, like I didn't have any teeth. Like I would just, mm. <laughs> like, I'm like, mm, okay. Like that kind of face where you're like, mm. oh yeah. I'm like really convinced. I'm like, if I didn't ha- also, if I didn't have gray hairs, I would be like, am I a vampire? Because I've said before on a past podcast, I think that if we look hard enough into past photos, we would see Brie standing there in the background of the old timey photos. I tell you, I'm like, I'm waiting for like, okay, the only way I feel old is like when I go to the gym, like multiple days in a row, like I bet I'll feel like poo tomorrow. Sure. Like yeah. today was a lot of running. And like when I was going to the gym every day without a break, which my personal trainer said, you need to take at least one day off. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. Now I take like several days off a week mm-hmm. because, you know, got to keep that mental health in check. I look at you. You keep doing accents on this podcast. Like you're going to get canceled one of these <laughs> days. Like I'm surprised you made it past luck of the Irish the way you were talking <laughs> on that podcast. But uh and in other news i had a little um this week i mean it's like because we're recording multiple this week it's like what story should i save for the next one no let's let's burn them all out now (laughs) let's burn them all out now um 
this week was tumultuous for me because I it's got only Tuesday. I, I know. <laughs> well, no, in the past, like since we've recorded, I got into sports betting. And I and made his departure from sports. I, betting. I, I made my retirement from sports betting. <laughs> um, so my family, I always call it uh, our gambling gene. I'm not going to say our, our family name, but um, I always called it our gambling gene because like my grandma was always big into gambling. My mom is big into gambling. And then I knew from a young age I would be into gambling. So I was like. I'm catching it early and I'm not going to do it. Lo and behold, in the state that we live in, they have now made sports betting on apps just like super fucking easy. So naturally, I got into it. And you know what, Brie? I won. I won a little bit. Um, I had a nine leg parlay that went through and I won about $475 out of a $10 bet. And I was feeling real good about myself. And you know what? You lost it all. I lost it all. I got cocky. <laughs> I got cocky. I said, I'm good at this. I must be really good at this. Uh, I'm not good at it. I I'm mean, not good. I have never been so thankful to have the most bland vanilla parents. We're like, we don't have any like addictions in the family. No addictions. No. And I'm like, I don't drink. I don't do any of that. I don't gamble. I don't do anything crazy. Like we went to Vegas and I just ate. Yeah, you gambled like a little bit. You lost like five bucks, and, and I was then like, you're, I'm like done. you're done. <laughs> I was like, I don't see the, I don't see the. Meanwhile, my ass went to the roulette table, and I won back a little bit of what I lost. And at that point, I was like, I'm done. And then we were packing our bags because we were leaving that morning. And I told Bri, I was like, I can't leave Vegas thinking what if. So I took the rest of my money that and I brought, and all. I lost it in like an hour. <laughs> but you know, that was probably. I mean. Anthony and I don't get to travel often, and I absolutely love the desert. Can I bring this thing up to you real quick on the podcast for the first time, and you have to react to it? What? So my mom said that they want to plan a Vegas trip, and I said, I'll when? talk to I said, I'll talk to Bree. Like, it's my family's Vegas trip. So, like, my grandpa and my cousins and my mom and Vic. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> So if she's it, like, oh, my God, wouldn't it be like really fun if you and Brie came? And I was like, we've been talking about going I want to go back to Vegas. I want if I go back to Vegas, though, I'm not gambling at all. That's what I told my mom. No gambling I was like, for me. I am going to eat mm -hmm. and swim and it's, just relax. It's going to be relaxation. We should go to a spa. That'd be so much fun. For we should us. go to another show. I think we went to go when we went to Vegas for the first time. We went to Cirque du Soleil the Beatles show and it was it was trippy it was so cool it was trippy I have to say it was a very fun experience I love the desert I love like the heat of the day and the cool of the night were you trying to go to the chicken ranch no <laughs> we had a couple of friends that were like we're going to the chicken ranch so what's the chicken ranch they said it's a brothel said count me out <laughs> <laughs> so that sounds like the most rob zombie devil's rejects type shit I've ever heard in my life <laughs> I like I have been trying to convince Anthony to go do a trip with me um, to see Mothman. You've mentioned this quite yeah. frequently on this podcast until he takes me to see Mothman. I'll keep bringing it up. Mm -hmm. But we like I love the I like I love the desert. Like I went to Arizona. It was beautiful. Went to Vegas. It was beautiful. I just love how hot it gets during the day and then it gets cold at night. 
I love like going out in like a t-shirt and shorts in the daytime. You love you love global warming, basically, is what you're saying. You no, love the, the frequent drastic changes in temperature. But that's like a desert like specific, yeah, normal occurrence because of just like the nature of rocks and sand. Mm-hmm. Speaking of rocks and sand, uh, while we don't dive into paleontology. Uh, in general, right? I had another thing I wanted to bring up. We're not done here. Now that I mention it, we're not done here. You are also a horrible cook. Just kidding. <laughs> I am a horrible cook. Um, so I another win. So I had a loss, a massive loss with the sports betting thing. I I entered the game and I made my retirement in five days' time. Um, and but I had another win. Uh, I have been working at school trying to launch a new class at at our school um i along with another teacher co-moderate our model united nations program and we have some success but we could be better right like i always tell brie whenever we go to these conferences i'm like man i really wish like we win awards here and there but it's always like the same schools that win the awards all the time so i look into these schools and i see that they have classes. They have a they have an MUN class that they do. So, oh, that makes a lot of sense as to why these why these uh, other schools are so good. So, I you know a couple months ago, I put in the proposal. I said, let's make it a class. Got the approval for it. It gets on the course registration, and now this week is course registration week. And oh, Bree's gonna cough. <coughs> there she goes. Um, this week's course registration week, and I've been hyping it up. I've been promoting it. I've been trying to sell this class. They told me I needed at least 15 to get the class through. You know how many I've got so far? It's day two of registration. 50. I've got 46. Oh, that's really good. 46. So what what we wanted this to be was a fall semester elective. And now they have no choice but to make at least one section. And now we're dealt with the dilemma of do we selectively choose who wants to like who can be in the class or do we open up another section and win-win for me right yeah win-win for me so i'm very proud that i was able to do that and i'm very excited for the future because not only do these these kids get to work on their public speaking abilities which is the one of the whole reasons why i wanted to implement the course especially gearing it towards freshmen going into sophomore year is because i want the the students to work on their public speaking ability their research ability and their writing abilities as well um not only are they going to learn that but maybe if they like it enough they can step foot into our actual model un club participate in our conferences and win some awards what a good sneecher. What a good snail sne- teacher. A snail teacher. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me, all right. What a good sneecher. Chugging along with my little snail booty and my shell and making slime along the way. <laughs> Don't pour salt on me. Uh, no, I'm right there with the salt. Just like, ee! Ta- she, she does that from time to time. You, you can often find Bree in the kitchen just throwing salt at me. Get out! <laughs> <laughs> no, he would eat it. Um, I would definitely eat it. <laughs> so we're going to jump into... But I have a few questions for you before we begin. What is your question? First, Brie. What's your Brie's treat? My Brie's treat today um, <laughs> is, so you're going to go, we're lazy today. We, we're on spring break, right? We ain't making nothing. 
we go into the store. We're picking out that cookie dough already made in the tube. And not just any tube cookie dough. Store brand. Store brand. Don't No fanciness. We're poor and it's spring break. We're a gonna, cookie's a cookie's a cookie. Like, let's be honest. You're going to make it how directions say, you know. When it comes out, you're going to make, like, with tin foil. you're going to make a little dinosaur foot. And while it's still hot, you're going to press your little print into the cookie. Ta-da, you made a beautiful snack. A beautiful dino cookie. For you to eat while you watch this movie, which, you know, or you could, you know, make a margarita as well. Oh, yeah, that was going to be our breeze treat. It was Margarita <laughs> Man with the two margaritas. The star, he stole the show. Oh, what a what a champion. Was that Jimmy Buffett? Did we ever confirm if that was Jimmy Buffett? No. Or is that just an extra who... Do you think he was told to grab the margaritas? No, I think he freestyled you, it. You think he freestyled it? And they're like, the director, Colin, Colin Trevor goes, there's, uh, there's pterodactyls attacking you. Act like there's pterodactyls attacking you. And this guy's first thought was, grab the margaritas. He's like, I gotta grab the margaritas. Okay. So you might have noticed. Um, We mentioned a dinosaur. We mentioned margaritas. We are Put two and two together. Going to be talking about Jurassic World today. Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah. I can't do a good. That's a whale, but okay. I try my best. One okay. So speaking of whales. Oh, are you calling me a whale? Speaking of whales, um. We've been watching Euphoria recently, and Brie made a like a, a astute observation about Euphoria. Every song in that show sounds like it's sung by whales. Music. I, I said you could take away all the lyrics, replace it with just whale noise. Whale be the noise. same song. Oh yeah, yeah. It well, would, I it feel would like, add the so, same amount of um, like deepness. Welcome to Talking Euphoria with Anthony and Brie. I've been wanting to talk about this show for so long. Like, and now's not the time. Let's not do it. No, we got to get into yeah. Jurassic World. I We're, know you probably have some like. I have another question for you. Yeah. What excites you? What excites me? Um, books. Tons of books. Mostly romance novels. Love a good romance novel. You're like a bell from beauty and the beast you even got like the bell like uh when she's like what do they call it uh the provincial the provincial town version of bell her haircut or her hairstyle where she's got you know i, I, I have my hair in a braid yeah. and i have my bangs out and yeah you know what i mean i guess he's making fun of me i'm not <laughs> what was that wasn't making fun of you i said you look like there a disney princess it's provincial life <laughs> I forget the lyrics of the song, so I, I can't. Know, I can't sing along. I just know along. that Kristan says something about "Make thou my wife," which brings me back to when I was in middle school. The neighboring town put on Beauty and the Beast, and one of my friends was Beast. Well, no, Gaston. He was Gaston because when he had to say "Bell, my wife," his voice cracked. <laughs> <laughs> what does it sound like? So it was like "Bell, my wife." <laughs> Aww, Aww, you're out there. Yeah, 
Um, was, it, I feel I feel it was, you. It was I feel a good you. one. I you know he was on stage doing that, right? Yes. So I've had tra- traumatic experiences on stage as well, where my senior year high school play, um, my partner forgot her lines, and we were the only two on stage, like doing a bit, and uh, she forgot her lines. And so it goes real silent. And the way that when I was in high school theater that I like memorized my lines, I only memorized my lines. So like I didn't know my partner's lines. And she looks over at me and I'm like staring her down. And I'm just like, are you going to say something? And she goes, help me. And <laughs> I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> so I winged it and I improvised and I, I saw our director in the back of the theater, because we had a really small black box theater. I saw him in the back of the theater throw papers over his shoulder and walk out of the theater <laughs> when that happened. Uh, um, never been there because, you know, I was never a lead. I mm-hmm. was always like an under, I was an understudy uh, swing, if you will. Um, never the bride, always the bridesmaid. Yeah, yeah. but I memorized everybody's line. Because I could have been anyone if anyone got oh, sick. Oh, you were just like a general understudy? I was like a swing. That's what they call it? Yeah. Oh. So you have to know everybody's dances, everybody's lines. Except for the men. That's like, a I lot of responsibility. I wasn't going to like jump in for a guy. I almost had to go in. One of our people um, got sick, but she kept going. Voice sounded terrible, but she was sick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to truck through it. These theater kids, man. I was like, I could totally go on for you. It's not a big deal. She's like, no, this is my time. <laughs> my time to shine. Anyway, um, <laughs> speaking of, I don't know, what other, whatever we were talking about. We're talking Jurassic World today. Yeah. Um, this is the requel to Jurassic Park. Yeah, um, and I'm just going to throw it out there. I hate. Go on. I absolutely hate. I hate. I hate. I hate Chris Pratt. Okay. With every ounce of my being. And it makes me you're not so... A, you're not a Pratt head? No, I hate the guy. But I love the character of Owen Grady, and it makes me so upset that I found out he was a piece of trash after this movie came out. What makes you not like him? Um, I hate religious zealots. Okay. Um, I actually despise religion. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I've remained on this uh, plane for so long, for thousands of years, because I actively reject religion are you just absorbed all of the witch energy i know i'm i'm like i'm centuries old and how do i keep this youthful glow it's because i don't believe in anything sure i reject Um, i rebuke you (laughs) we want so there there's an interesting um listen we'll be completely honest i brie is not i am for shits and giggles i became a card holding member of the satanic temple um not that I like practice Satanism or anything, I'm, I'm a- but like the Satanic Temple is an interesting organization. And I think about the documentary Hail Satan uh, that is about them where the one, I forget the researcher, the historian that was like, to say that a Satanist is anti-Christian is like a half truth. They're actually Christians that have left Christianity. They've moved past it. They have absolved themselves of Christianity. And that's kind of how I feel I've when, evolved past it. When you when you were just discussing that, that's how I looked at you. I was like, you have absol- you have absolved yourself of religion. Yeah, I'm more of like a 
just like floating through life kind of person. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you want to believe there is something bigger out there, but <sighs> Thanos. I know, but sometimes I feel like utterly just so alone that it's hard to believe that there's anything there. Okay, on to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Happy Time Podcast with Anthony and Bree. We talk about happy yeah. topics here. Happy topics. <laughs> so this movie begins with... Oh, can, can I... Um, give... Oh, he's going to go through his spiel, which I already asked him to do. But what? he then went on a tangent. My background. The back... go, go I'm ahead, the background sir. guy. Go ahead, sir. Oh, that's my role. That's my role as the background. I actually don't have a lot of background for this. I didn't do my research, but I know the for movie shame. released in 2015, Jurassic World, is the fourth installment of the Jurassic Park franchise coming out almost 15 years after the last Jurassic Park movie, directed by Colin Trevorrow, who also directed Star Wars The Last Jedi. no. He did not do the last. That was Ryan Johnson. He was tapped to do episode nine and got fired from Disney because of some comments that he made about female directors, which we talked about that the other day. He made some like weird comments about female directors and like how there's like no ambition with female directors to direct big studio Hollywood movies. And he got he like doubled down on it and he got some flack from that. So Colin Trevorrow did not direct the next Jurassic World movie. He will direct the third Jurassic World movie coming out this year in June. Um, and he got fired from Star Wars. But Colin Trevorrow's Star Wars Episode Nine was actually like pretty freaking good. If you read the uh, like the notes that were involved in it, actually would have been much better uh, movie than what we what we got with J.J. Abrams. But that's a story for another day. Um, Jurassic World. So. Our production history of Jurassic World. How do you think we ended up here, Brie? With the park is open and... I think this is the most fascinating of them all. Because this is a park that's been operating for a couple years now. It's been open for a while. To the point where regular dinosaurs are no longer exciting to the general public. So they have to create hybrid dinosaurs that weren't real. Well, let's talk uh, a bit about what this movie was going to be before it got canned. Um, There's not much that's really known about Spielberg's original Jurassic Park 4 other than the notion that it would have involved dinosaur-human hybrids. We get there. You think we're going to get there? (laughs) I don't think they're going to do that. But there's like concept art of the dinosaur, the raptor man, um, where it's like a raptor with a six-pack that walks on two legs. How did they know... My true form. I feel (laughs) so betrayed. It wasn't just dinosaur-human hybrids. The original Jurassic Park 4 was going to involve, uh, like, cyborg dinosaur-human hybrids, where they would have had, like, machine cannons as arms. I swear I had this dream. This sounds like every, like, 10-year-old's, like, fan fiction. I swear I had this dream. I swear either I had this dream or I've read this fan fiction. You probably read the fan fiction. Well, it's an actual script and it's out there. Um, it would have introduced the idea of militarizing dinosaurs. Uh, Which we already, we introduced in this too. Yeah. The idea of uh, Owen on the motorcycle with the raptors 
running next to him was actually a concept that was supposed to be used in the original Jurassic Park 3 before that version of the script got canned. And that was a Spielberg idea. Um, the idea of the dinosaur camouflaging itself, I read online. You didn't know, like, you weren't I think aware it is, of this. I think it is from the the second book. It's from I, Michael, it's been, Michael Crichton's idea from the I second book. It's been so long since I've read the second book. I did reread the first book for when we started this um, series, but... You know, I've been telling Anthony, I'm like, you know, I love Michael Crichton. I love, like, science fiction. But science fiction requires so much brain power. And I'm in grad school right now. I can't. I just can't put that much into it. And the books that I'm reading are, like, romance garbage. Mm -hmm. Because they're page turners. They're easy reads. And, like, there's no diss to people who read romantic comedies and, like, romance books. Because, like... Let's be honest here. Colleen Hoover, she ain't no, like, award-winning novelist. That name means nothing to me. She's very, very, <laughs> very much known by uh, that, people now who I read. Feel, now I understand, like, I can put myself in your shoes when I mention, like, filmmakers' names, like, in the Halloween franchise, and you're like, that, I don't know that, that name is. means... Dean Country, that, mean, that name means nothing to me. But I really... Like, Colleen Hoover, great, great with what she does, like the fluffy romance kind of things. Easy reads. No, don't, I don't diss people based on, like, if you want to turn your brain off and read an easy book, go ahead and do that. I was like, I want to do that most of the time. I was like, I want a substantial novel that won't take me too long and. You can just burn through it. And I can burn through it because Jurassic Park took me. Like four or five days. And I read a book in like a couple hours. Would you consider Michael Crichton a voice of our generation? Not, not, our, not, not my, our generation. Not my generation. A voice of a, a generation. He, he writes very good books. He does. He does. I've never read Jurassic Park. but I, shut your mouth. Okay. Um, will do. Uh, <laughs> will do. Book so, directed by Colin Trevorrow, starring Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard. That kid who's in like every... Good for like mid two thousand tens movie and plays like every kid role ever. We'll talk about him in a minute. Judy Greer's in this movie. Uh, David Wallace from Dunder Mifflin is in this movie. <laughs> um, this movie has it all. It has Kingpin. It oh, has- Kingpin is in this movie. Yeah, I forgot about him, huh? It has Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna say Nelson. We're gonna talk about that as well. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, um, yeah. Is there any? I don't know if is there any other like background information that I'm missing about this movie other than Colin Trevorrow. Uh, we'll and we'll talk about maybe some of his missteps in this movie. There is a lot of missteps in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, I think one of the biggest missteps for me is the way women are portrayed in this movie. Yeah, and I don't. And it might be because he's kind of misogynistic. From I well, from the stuff that he has been quoted on saying and doubling down on to the horrific deaths of female characters in this movie, a, a, a particular female. He's character. a misogynist. Yeah. So um, let's let's continue on. Well, why don't we uh, get down to the nitty gritty and get through this movie? Uh, and let's do it. Okay. Huh? We start with um, some eggs. Hatching. Eggs. Do you say egg or egg? Um, when I'm teaching the children, I say egg. 
egg. And when I talk, I say eggs. I asked the kids this the other day, and they were like, I don't know the difference. I said, the way you pronounce egg or egg, like the A sound or the E sound. And uh, I guess I'm the only loser that says egg. No, I say egg. Egg. But when I teach sounds, eh, eh, egg. Mm-hmm. Cool. First grade, so, <laughs> first grade teacher thing. So um, can, can I offer you an egg in this trying time? Um, we open on the eggs and they are hatching. They are little dino eggs. And we see Black Claw come out of the egg over our directed by Colin Trevorrow. Uh, little opening title scroll that we have. And then we see the scary eye of a dino peeking out of the egg. Not so scary because it's a baby. It's a baby dino. Do you think it's so the Indominus Rex? Is, do you think it's as terrifying as a baby? Well, it eats its sibling. Um, I mean, tw- sometimes a twin can absorb its own sibling in the womb. I mean, that doesn't make that twin uh, like a serial killer. Not right? unless it was sentient and knew what it was doing, which the Indominus Rex did know what it was doing. That reminds me of Malignant for some reason. You remember that movie? <laughs> when uh, the tumor on the back of her head is like sentient it was her brother yeah it's her brother malignant brother sorry <laughs> oh god don't remind me of that guy that's that's a story for another day yeah um anyway so uh i literally wrote that down that thing that thing come on my house i kill <laughs> as it's hatching out of the egg and i see it's like thick claw I was like, oh, how cute. And you were like, I'm going to kill it. No, kill that thing. Burn it. (laughs) Burn it. So then we cut to uh, our opening scene at a middle class house where these two kids are there and mom played by Judy Greer, whose name is also Karen, which is weird because we're going to review a movie next week where Judy Greer also plays a mom named Karen. And I am convinced they're the same characters, maybe but at different first, times. Maybe her first marriage. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like her, because she's getting divorced in this movie, so she's married to David Wallace from Dunder Mifflin, and she is um, getting divorced. So I have to assume that in the time period between this movie and Halloween 2018, <laughs> she gets remarried, has a kid. But mom was always Laurie Strode. Like, her mom was always Laurie Strode. Maybe. I'm convinced. You can't convince me otherwise. But. But this is not the same universe. The older kid knows that the parents are going to get divorced. The younger kid does not. He has no idea. Yeah, younger kid is played by, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's in, like, he plays every kid role in every, like, mid-2010s movie. He's, like, the kid in Iron Man 3. I think he plays, like, little Peter Parker in Amazing Spider-Man. Maybe. And, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but he's the, in a lot of stuff. The older brother is, like, the star of that Love, Simon. Oh, that's him? Yeah. Oh, I never saw Love, Simon. Me either. I just... But you know that... Yeah, oh, I just okay. like can recognize the actor. Sure. The older brother kind of knows what's going on. Both of the boys are um, being like sent away um, to go hang out with their aunt. Aunt Claire. Aunt Claire. Um, in Jurassic World. So their mom is sending them on a plane to a dino island. Oh, I said I would never send my kid away. I was like, 
I would never send my kid to Dinosaur Island where they can get mauled and killed by dinosaurs. I would never send send my kid to Dinosaur Island without me. Dinosaur Island? I thought we were going to Candy Apple Island. <laughs> what do they got have on Candy Apple Island? <laughs> dinos, but they're not as big. I I was telling Anthony when we open up on the boys get there to the island. I'm like it's first of all the island is the original island. A nublar. S- yeah, site A. Mhm. Not site B. They never mention site B. They don't mention anything about the Lost World or Jurassic Park 3 at all. So as far as I'm concerned, until this new movie comes out and Jeff Goldblum is back talking about Site B and Alan Grant is back talking about Site B, I have to assume that... This movie operated on if the only the first one existed. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Um, it's beautiful. Like, this island is gorgeous. And I said it had it, but it lacks the original park charm, mm-hmm. like the real homey aspect of what Jurassic Park was. Because this is Jurassic World, everything's futuristic well, like, looking. Why did so everything's chrome in the future? <laughs> future. Um, do you know my uh kind of theory as to what I picked up as to why it's not called Jurassic Park? Do you, did you pick up on? Like why it's not called why they rebranded it to Jurassic World because they want it to be associated with the- all of the tragedy that happened yeah. on Jurassic Park. Yeah, I picked up on that with the conversation uh, with Jake Johnson's uh, character where he has the memorabilia and, and they're she's like, like, "It's isn't it in poor taste?" Yeah, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this yeah, whole fucking parks in poor taste." Like, screw you, lady. But she goes on talking. Like we open up Aunt Claire's talking and she's like the operating costs is of the park is high and even though we're bringing in high profits because of the high operating costs we aren't making a lot of money. Well okay so the island is open and my first question is like who okays this after knowing what happened 20 years earlier on the first time we tried to have a dinosaur park like Especially if we're operating under the assumption that the Lost World happened too, and there was literally a T Rex running around New York, mm-hmm. <laughs> so ah. it's like, who funded this? Who allowed this to happen? How can we get away with this and not get sued up the wazoo? But it was like she's like, we have to make things bigger. We have to make things because people are bored with, um, bored with dinosaurs. She says, "quote Nobody's impressed by a dinosaur anymore." Which do I you, would say. Do you think that'll what? Ever, so okay, let's. Anthony, let's I could look at a dinosaur this. every day and be amazed. But you're a dinosaur kid, so if this was real and like we actually clone dinosaurs, and there's a theme park where you can literally go and like roam around the jungles with the dinosaurs, do you think eventually people would lose interest in dinosaurs? I would never. I think I, I can't I, no, imagine I, it. See, I have to. I have to disagree. Well, you would never because you're a dinosaur kid, and you would be in like. Oh, Anthony, heaven. I would get. A, I would get a job at this island. <laughs> I would. Go, I would want. I would, I would go on like the the kayaking boat thing every day. What job would you want at Jurassic World? 
I would just want to be like a photographer. I would just want to like go around taking pictures. I want to be like marketing, maybe. You would want to do marketing photography, kind of like how Julianne Moore's character does. And man, that's my she's my favorite character because she exists. That character exists in the second book. Yeah, um, I think I would want to run the baby Triceratops petting zoo. <laughs> I want it so brief. When they showed the baby, the like little baby dinosaur petting zoo, I was like, I would spend all of my time. I would spend all, I would pay the, the outrageous cost of travel, resort, and park tickets to go to the baby dinosaur petting zoo. Because <laughs> I would just spend my entire day there. I wouldn't even need to go anywhere else. No, I don't want to see any other dinosaurs. I don't need to, you know me. We talked about this on the last Jurassic Park. I am not a risk taker. I don't want to go explore the jungles with brachiosauruses and uh, friggin' I don't know what other ankylosaurus. Oh, speaking of ankylosaurus, the kid in this movie calls it ankylo, right? Ankylosaurus. Ankylosaurus. Ankylorensaurus. (laughs) And I said, that's not how you pronounce that. Yeah. It's not how you pronounce it. Because I even, I second guessed like my pronunciation. Well, okay, so I don't know if I'm stupid or if everyone else is stupid, but we were watching in the politics class because we're recording this on 3-22-22, and they're, they just started the Supreme Court confirmation for Katanji Brown-Jackson's uh, nomination, and they're talking about what's called an amicus briefing, but they're, both her and Lindsey Graham were pronouncing it uh, amica, like amicus or like something like that it was like a weird pronunciation of it and i'm like no i'm pretty sure it's uh, it's amicus right like that's latin i because when i was in the fraternity we would do like a latin thing and it was like amici which is like friend essentially and that's how we would pronounce it so maybe we're wrong i ref- i had to i had to double check the pronunciation because i was like i don't want to be wrong about this i've been saying this dinosaur my whole life He's it's, wrong. It's, yeah, it's Ankylosaurus. <clears throat> yeah. He's wrong. I thought I was like, no one told this kid it's not called Ankylosaurus. Ankylorensaurus. Um, uh, anyway. Um, well, so- okay. So she says nobody's impressed by a dinosaur anymore. I think that that would actually happen in real life because, <laughs> listen, Brie, I teach the youth. I know, I I know how. Youth. I know how little attention span our generation and their generation has the the zillennials and the gen z i know how short of an attention span we have it's because of these god dang cell phones that we have every piece of information available to us at the drop of a dime and we're so desensitized by everything that nothing is surprising to us anymore and I have to I have to say I think that's pretty on the nose that you give people dinosaurs for five years and they're gonna be over it. I would never. But I'm also like very fascinated. You're an, out, you're an outlier. You're not part of the general public. I, I swear if I could you're, make a you're living You're part of the demographic of dino girls. If I could make a living just like chilling around like the forest, taking pictures of animals, just being like just chilling, I would do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like my parents had steered me away from anything like art and like following your dreams kind of stuff. It was pretty much like crank out the capitalist machine. The capitalist system. Anyway, she's like, we are 
going to make this mutant dinosaur called Indominus Rex. She said the viewers want more. They want bigger teeth, like yeah. scarier, like... Well, she does. She want bigger, badder, scarier. What do you think of Claire's character? Well, we talked about this. One of the re- reasons we say, you know, the director probably was a bit a bit misogynist is that the portrayal of Claire as the character is work is her life. She doesn't care about family. She hasn't seen the boys in seven years. Doesn't even hang out with them their it's, first day there. Yeah, it's. I think that's such a that's such a trope for female characters. If you want to make a strong female character, well, she can't have anything to do with her family, right? She's got to be zoned into her work. Like you can't have both things. And I I find it so offensive. Like there aren't f- like powerful females, baby on breast, in like places around the world. Well, that's what I was always told about, like, being a principal at a school. I was always told, like, if you want to be a principal at a school, like, you probably can't have a family because a lot of your time is devoted to being a principal. Principal, my school's got a family, right? Like, you can do both things. I think there's this thing, if you're a female principal, Mm -hmm. you can't have a family. Maybe. And that's true of the majority of women in principal positions in my district. Why do you think that is? Because these women have to fight to be there. Mm -hmm. Like the women holding these positions are like doctorates. Yeah. They have like their doctorate degrees. Sure. The men holding principal positions. Just admin license. Just admin license. Mm -hmm. Bachelor's degree with admin license. Yeah. That makes sense. Men Unfortunately, don't have to work as hard. Our next um, superintendent, though, will be a woman. So that's mm-hmm. exciting. Our next exciting. Uh, president for our school is going to be a woman. It's kind of cool. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, girl, yeah, girl power. Yeah. Girl power. No more tropes, Colin Trevorrow. That's not where the tropes stop. It's not where the tropes stop. Um, she's, Claire is kind of like frustrating. Um, and. It's like, like over the course of the movie, she loosens up too. And that's a trope in itself is like the tightly wound businesswoman who gets involved with Manic Pixie Dream Boy and loosens up, right? Like opens up a little bit more and like she be- she becomes, she's so reluctant to be family oriented that by the end of the movie, she becomes Mama Bear. Yeah. Um, but you can also say... Can I can I throw a wrench in this? Sure. And I'm just playing devil's advocate. No. I'm playing I'm playing it. I'm playing no, it. You I'm cannot. doing it. Wasn't Alan Grant the same way in the first one? Alan Grant was every um 10-year-old Brianna's dream. Dream man. No, I'm saying like in the sense of wasn't Alan Grant like so opposed to family that he becomes Papa Bear by the end of the movie to those kids? But if you read the book, he was oh, always Papa Bear. Like he yeah. was always like loved kids. I think that was just something they put in the movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is not a person who exists in any piece of literature. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, so Claire's in and she's a trope. Sure. Uh, we then meet the guy who funds the island, the guy who owns Jurassic World, whose name I can't remember. I don't know. I just wrote so dumb. 
We yeah. learn nothing. And he's like got his he's piloting a helicopter and he's like, How is the how are the island? How is the island? And she's like, It's good. We got profits up and he's like, No, the people. Are they having fun? Are the dinos enjoying life? And she's like, I don't know, we don't have anything to measure dinosaur satisfaction. And he kinda just looks at her. <clears throat> because he's just all about because you know what when rich people like invest in like large things like that it's like i don't care about the money i just care about the excitement i mean i wrote and clear sucks lol this guy is cool but the park so the park isn't doing fantastic i said i i feel like well we went over this profits they're making money but they're not making an excess of money because their operating costs go up year to year. Yeah, well, you got to take care of Because it costs a the- lot of money to take care of these animals. Well, you're running a whole island, And I said, these are actual animals. Like. Well, they mentioned that in the first Jurassic Park movie where it's like, doesn't Sam Jackson's character say something like, you want to operate a theme park and a zoo at the same time? Yeah, he's like, we have all the, the problems of a theme park and a zoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yes. So I think this is where, like, we're getting that call back to that line in particular here is, well, now that the park is up and running, we see that that line is absolutely correct. We're having the problems of running both a theme park and a zoo financially. And she takes him to see the Indominus Rex because he's curious about it. And this dinosaur is bigger and smarter. Oh, he really smart. She. She, sorry, yeah. Then she. expected. She tried to break the glass. Yeah, they, they're like, yeah, she tried to break the glass. She ate her sibling. She ate the sibling. And I said, this this animal is so smart that it's, it's frightening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we haven't really explored. We know that these animals are intelligent, but we weren't able to really understand. We talked about this. If... They t- they hinted on this in previous movies. If the dinosaurs never went extinct, raptors would be running the earth. Yeah, they're smart, mm-hmm. like really smart. And this dinosaur they created from just putting a bunch of dinosaurs you, together. No, this well, it's not a bunch of dinosaurs; it's a bunch of bullshit together. Yeah, and you think about it, it's like this is smarter than. We didn't put a bunch of dumb things together. Do you think the Indominus Rex is an abomination to humankind? I mean, it's not human. Well, the abomination to mankind. I mean, is uh, the uh, Indominus Rex a victim of circumstance? Well, that, a, that's what, what I asked it, What you. is it a monster created? It's Frankenstein's monster, essentially. Where, where it's, it's like, like, it's innocent because it doesn't know any better? Yeah. Well, okay. So, there. I mean, there, I don't know what to think about the Indominus Rex because... It's so if, smart. Are, are, are we going to sit here and compare this thing to the Spinosaurus from Jurassic Park 3 where the Spinosaurus was a legit horror movie villain that was actively stalking our main cast? Where this one just seems to be out in the open and it doesn't know what it what what's happening. Because that's when I looked at Brie and I said, it's a victim of circumstance. This is an animal that's been raised in captivity for its entire life. That's seeing everything for the first time and is freaking the fuck out out while i think owen says it best he says he says that yeah he's like you know this is an animal that's trying to figure out where where she fits in the food chain and but but then we see 
it kills all of the brachiosauruses for sport. We're jumping ahead. I know we're jumping ahead, but it matters to the point. So it hunts for sport. So is it a villain? But does it know? I I don't know because there's like this thing. It's like it was raised in captivity. It's now seeing everything for the first time. It's a killing machine. Like this thing was was, was bred to kill. Essentially, yeah, it, was, it was given all these traits to make it like vicious and horrible. Yeah, they tried to shoot this thing with a rocket <clears throat> and to kill they it. They missed it. <laughs> but then we get the cutest dinosaurs on Earth. After this, after we the petting zoo. No, I love the petting <laughs> zoo. The raptors. All the the all, we, okay. So name get name blue, them all. We get blue, Delta, Charlie, and Echo, and Anthony. I was like, oh, I was writing down the names, and I always forget Echo, <laughs> right? And I'm like, what was the last I one's had such name? A bit, I said, bad I'm headache. like, I'm like, it's blue, Charlie. Um, Delta. Delta and who? And Anthony says, Nelson. I, look at him I like, swear to God. I, I heard. And I just like start cracking up. Nelson. <laughs> I heard them say Nelson. I'm like, is there another character that's name is Nelson in this movie? No. Okay. I heard Nelson when they were first saying it. I thought the raptor's name was Nelson. I don't know. I just accepted it. They, whatever. They named the raptor Nelson. And you have like these are like the one guy from the military is like I'm ready to use these dinosaurs as a military weapon and he's and trying to convince Chris Pratt's character Owen who's training the Raptors he's trying not to dem- I, w- I shouldn't say domesticate but you can't you can't he's trying to dinosaur. train them to listen and he's doing a pretty friggin' good job at it uh, and Kingpin's uh, I forget his name he comes in and he's like you know I always said these things could be used for war. And he said, mil- I said, military dinosaurs. These are just dinosaurs. Yeah. And I said, Kingpin, he wants to use war raptors. And he said, war breeds greatness and progress always wins. And then Owen says, well, maybe one of these times progress shouldn't win. Which I was like, beautiful, beautiful. And while writing. they're having like this spat, a guy in the back who are feeding them, a pig gets loose. He tries to catch it. And he falls in. And I wrote it before it happened. Because like that's how many times I've seen this movie. Is that I was writing things before they happened down in my book. Just because I knew like the major points. He falls in. And I said, I could never. As I would happily die. Because. <laughs> Getting eaten by raptors? Yeah, because I could, I could not. I don't think I could be as calm. Or as like survive long enough i think you would be content with that death i would be like you know what i think you would be at peace with that and i always said i was like i that's why if they were to make a jurassic park i would go and i would be the first person there i'd be like i don't care i don't care it'd be horrific way to die but you know if i'm gonna go out might as well go out somewhere cool and (laughs) but then like okay so owen Gets into the pit and he's like, I live in, in the, the pit. pit. <laughs> he does some pretty cool stuff. Like he recognizes that he does not like he cannot control he these says, animals. Blue, blue. Listen here. Like, he is under. He knows how dangerous they are. He's never interacted face to face with these guys before. Like he has in this moment. 
It's always been from above safely. Blue, listen here. Charlie, look at me. Nelson, don't give me that (laughs) shit. Nelson? (laughs) But, and then he gets the guy safely out. But, like, these, as soon as he gets behind the the fence, they come at and start attacking. It's because he has maybe, like, a sliver of control over them. And it's, like, not enough to put these into battle. Like, you could lose control of these guys in an instant. Yeah. They're wild animals. Yeah, so he, uh, Kingpin's character, he, the military guy, he connects with one of the raptors, and I think that's Nelson. I'm pretty sure his, like, raptor connection is with Nelson. Who? Uh, the military guy. He, like, can, I think it might be later in the movie, but, like, he, like takes an interest in one raptor and then you looked at me and you're like that one's got to be nelson (laughs) (laughs) it's nelson because he also gets his arm bit off later on and i'm pretty sure that that's uh that's nelson who kills him you go nelson you go you go nelson i just grabbed you go glenn coco (laughs) Uh, i just grabbed my blue build-a-bear yeah um anyway so it's I, i told bria said that's an interesting way to introduce that character like our main hero of the movie because it's so different than how alan grant was introduced in the first movie where like (laughs) owen saves this random man's life like in a really badass way so we establish him as a hero whereas when alan grant is introduced he's making fun of a kid (laughs) get over it i wrote down i was like you know owen grady loves dinosaurs like i love dinosaurs yeah, I I feel like that's why I connected. Why well, I'm so mad that Chris Pratt plays him. Who would you rather have played the role? I don't know. I don't. Taylor know. Lautner would have been awesome. They, <laughs> they should have put the wig on him from oh from Twilight from, One. No, from New Moon, where he has that really bad Bella Loca. Where have you been? <laughs> um. Anyway, anyway. All Twihards out there. I was, and then I wrote, I hope Owen Grady dies, but I know he doesn't. Hey, maybe in this next one. <laughs> maybe. Um, and then we get out on this whole like animals raised in isolation don't turn out well. Well, yeah. So I kind of skipped ri- around. Yeah, ri- I- rich guy wants Owen to assess the Indo, not the Indoraptor, the uh, Indominus Rex. Uh, he wants him to like assess the dinosaur and like make sure everything's kosher and good. And so Claire has to go find him in his trailer. They He's have fixing like, up his hole. motorbike. They have this whole like history, like they obviously went on a date. Yeah, they uh, sexual tension for sure. Ew, um, not my dinosaur movie. Not my and- dinosaur movie. <laughs> and she takes him to observe it. Do they ever kiss in this movie? Yes, they do. Yeah. Oh, when at the end, she kisses him. Oh, oh, that is disappointing to me. I know. Um, I said, like. She like it can hide, and like the he she takes him to see it, and he's like, "Oh, look at these! Have these scratch marks always been here?" And it looks like she's been trying to like climb out. Well, Owen's like, "You went and made a dinosaur." (laughs) It's like that's not smart, um, but it can hide, and they she does like a they can't find it, and so she does like this like scan. And it's like it's nowhere in it's there. It's a thermal scan. A thermal can I, scan can where it's I not even in there. This part of no. the movie for a second to to fit, to rewind backwards a second when Owen and Claire are talking and we get a little bit of their history. And Claire 
he Owen says, I've never met anyone who had an itinerary for a night out. And she goes, I'm organized. Thus playing into that same trope, right? That same like where we, tough women are, are like devoid of fun and spontaneity yeah, just exactly. because they have a career. It's crazy. Um, control, I wrote down as a main, I think is one of the main themes of this movie because they keep mentioning it where it's like you're trying to have so much control over things like these animals can't be controlled. And I think that maybe is not just a theme for this movie, but a theme for this entire trilogy of mm-hmm. Jurassic World movies as well. Um, Owen and Claire, when they talk, he's like, you went and made a dinosaur. And she's like, well, viewers are getting like our, our crowd goers. They need something new to keep interest up. And he's like, uh, so you need something. To, you need something to wow the people. And Owen goes, they're dinosaurs. That's wow enough. <laughs> and I looked at you and I was like, that's that would be something you would say. I know. I'm like, I and I said it again. Owen Grady loves dinosaurs how I love dinosaurs, which is so refreshing. I wish they I wish the Owen Grady part was played by a woman. Oh, that would have been cool. Who do you have cast? Ah, that's so difficult. I always go Zendaya. <laughs> however, <laughs> you know, however, I don't know. She Zend- was too young. This yeah, I think she was too young here. Oh, let's see. Who would have been a really good... If, if anybody ever asked me who I would cast in what, it's Zendaya all the time. Oh, yeah. I would cast Zendaya. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That need to cast Laura Dern. <laughs> as Owen? Yeah. She's already a character in the universe. They should have just, like, re-put her as that character. What about a... Because uh, you want, like, a young leading actress, right? What about a Jennifer Lawrence? Mm, not um yeah i don't know there's okay so i want someone who's who looks knowledgeable rihanna it's rihanna <laughs> it's rihanna Why did i think of rihanna right away cardi b no um oh man maybe like a why do i always want to cast like sandra bullock I was also thinking Sandra Bullock, but I I think she would be better off in a comedy. Um, yeah. I was thinking like Charlize Theron, maybe. No. Charlize. No. This is hard. I'll think about it. Oh, yeah. I'll come back to you. Um, anyway, so he says they're dinosaurs. Wow enough. And they're talking about the Indo, not the Indoraptor, uh, the, <laughs> yeah, jumping the, gun here. <laughs> the uh, Indominus Rex. And they're like, well, he's born. She's born in captivity. And she's been in captivity for the rest of her life. And they're like, is that any different than your raptors? Like, no, the raptors have social skills. Like, They they grow they, up with siblings. Yeah, I imprint them on them when they're young. I spend time with them when they're children. It's like, this is a different story. You've kept this dinosaur isolated from the world. It doesn't know anything. It, it's going to be curious, you know? And she is, a, like, she's very smart. So, um... Claire obviously freaks out. She driving as fast as she can. She calls. I need you to tell me where the tracker is on this dinosaur. And it's like it's in there. Meanwhile, Owen and, and a the operator of- who voices Brown uh, Grizz on We Bear Bears. That's the guy who voices Grizz. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> him and a couple of guys are in the um enclosure, and she's like. It's in there. There are people in there. She calls them, get out of there. And there are people in there. And they, like, 
she gets out and she kills oh, a, yeah. a lot of people. And I said, they let her out. And I say, I wrote, pray, so many die. Mm-hmm. So many, so many deaths. Like, so they said, the, I tried to make a note of like everything that they said the uh, Indominus Rex was mixed with. So it's got T-Rex. They say cuttlefish. They say tree frog. Tree frog. We end up learning that it There's has raptor, in, raptor in it. It's got snake, right? Rattlesnake or something? I might. Some kind of snake. And it's got something else that I can't remember. I wrote. I only wrote cuttlefish, tree frog, mm-hmm. and Wong is a dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, so the the Irex uh, tricks people into escaping. Owen, in order to kind of get the thing off of its scent, covers himself in gas and I hides said under he a cut truck. the fuel, he cut the fuel line, and I wrote that before he does it because I know I've been, like I've seen this movie like a sure, ton of times. Yeah, and I and I wrote like um, I said I would honestly poo, and we talked about this poo, in depth, yeah. and we said all the times I would poo. Who are like not a single scene where someone's like going to the oh, toilet. Yeah, I mentioned that I was like. When do they shit? When do they eat? Like when do they? Uh, this was a do day anything? of no poop, no pee, yeah. no food. I mean, they've got to be sweaty, gross, stinky messes. Like when do you find the time to poop? Like I just don't know. And that's the same thing in Fast and the Furious. We were watching Fast Nine the other night, and I'm like, when does Vin Diesel have the time to take a shit? <laughs> Cause it seems like he's going all the time. <laughs> um, and then we get like a couple of shots of like, okay, so she's out, obviously, and like we're obvious, we're honestly they're four miles away from the nearest like wall, and so they're like we're gonna do a phase one shutdown, close down the rides, have everyone go to the go into the like the, behind the wall into the park, um. Uh, we get a, a glimpse of the like the river kayaking ride, which I said I would spend all my time on that. I would just keep going. <laughs> round and round. Get in it again. Um, Owen is the only one who understands like how dangerous the situation is. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is like, he's like, going, you, you got to shut down the park. They're like, he's like, we got to shut down. We got to send people home. We got to get everyone safe. And... He criticizes them because, like, you're going out there with stun guns, not real bullets. And they're like, well, she costs a lot of money to make. And he's like, she's going to kill everyone. Mm -hmm. He's like, you don't understand. Yeah, this is code brown. He's like, she has, she's experiencing all of this for the first time. It's going to be a bloodbath. Um, So they send out this first, like, group of people to go after her. Yeah. And... They do not make it. Well, for, is this before or after the tracking thing? This is the for the tracking implant uh, yeah. where she rips it out? Yeah. It's during this part. Okay, yeah. So the it, first, rips, it rips out the tracking, tracking implant. It. They're tracking it. The first group of people who are actively tracking her are tracking her, and they find a piece of her skin with the tracker in it, and Claire's like, how did she know where it was and he's like she remembered when you put it in which just shows how smart this animal is because they put these trackers in this dinosaur young this time di- i wrote that this dinosaur has every superpower and 
then <laughs> I I have uh, lots of powers. Before blood drips down on the guy who picked it up, he looks up and just in horror says, "It can camouflage." It's got every superpower, and it kind of like comes out of like nowhere and destroys everybody. Can't, it's like it's if you were to, if you were to make a dinosaur level, yeah. like you see they have a screen of all the people on this mission, and one by one. They're if, dying. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. If you were to make a dinosaur, what superpower would you give it? Because this dinosaur has all the powers. But if you were to choose, like, a dinosaur to be an Avenger, I think the the like the camouflage thing is really cool. Isn't it reflect ref, refracting light, not so much camouflage? Because I don't know, the science. way because the way she uses it, it's like she goes invisible. Speak English, Doc. We ain't scientists. Anyway, I would say evacuate the island. Get everyone out of there. Um, bring everyone back in. Um, then we go to the boys are heading on. They did. Oh yeah, the I babysitter. forgot the kids. We didn't even mention the kids I mean, at all. So the kids, the kids they, are being babysat yeah. by her Claire's assistant. The assistant doesn't really care. We're supposed to think this assistant is incompetent. The boys ditch her. And she's lost them. The boys are going on a ride. The, the spherical ride. Yeah. The gyrospheres? The that, gyrosphere. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The gyrosphere. The gyrosphere. <laughs> <The> gy- <laughs> um, where they can like go and just like Roam hang around. around. They, they leave and then the call for all rides to shut down and bring everyone back. And the boys are like, oh, it's saying we, we got to go. Um, everything it's closed, but the older brother's like, "But we're special. We can keep going," and it's like, "Oh uh, uh, no, <laughs> that's not true, little boy." No, <clears throat> and then that's when we they get, veer they veer off the path. Yeah, basically, which is very dangerous. Um, then we get like this little snippet before we meet back up with the boys, where the owner of the park's like, w- "Wong, like, what's in this?" And he's, he's like, well, "So I can't. The, the, they go into back up a little bit because." Some people might not know who Wong is. Oh, we um, know Wong. You've been following us along for we, the entirement of this series. He's in the lab where they're developing the dinosaurs. And Wong, who is the guy from the first movie who develops the technology to splice the DNA together, he's the one that creates the Indoraptor. Not the Indoraptor. Fuck. The um, uh, Indominus Rex. And he and the rich guy who runs the park are kind of arguing with one the rich guy's like what is this and he's like well i can't tell you what it is it's classified he's like there's a little bit of cuttlefish dna some tree frog dna and it's like so you need to stop doing everything that you're doing wong and he kind of like threatens him and wong's like you can't control me bish he's, and I was so like, they, they get into an argument and they're like wong, wong basically says if you wanted a complete dinosaur, they wouldn't look like what we have in the park because we have to fill in the gaps in the DNA. With We've other always things. been filling in the gaps, which I think, you, you know, we give Jurassic Park a lot of flack because these dinosaurs don't look like well, what Jurassic, we know. Jurassic World in itself, like just that Jurassic Park was praised for being uh, like representative of dinosaurs based on the literature of the time and the research of the time. This one, however, got a lot of flack because it didn't do that. And it didn't talk about, like, it didn't represent dinosaurs as the research of the time had represented dinosaurs. But 
Colin Trevorrow struck back at that and basically said, I wasn't trying to do that. We're, we're, we're creating a, a system, like a theme park in which like this isn't real. So like these therefore, we shouldn't we shouldn't these be real represented. dinosaurs. Yeah, they're like things we cooked up in a lab. And so, like Wong says, if they were complete, they look much different. But you don't want reality. You want bigger. You want better. You want more teeth. It's like I gave you that. So he's. I mean, I think that was Colin Trevorrow, or whoever wrote the movie, like speaking to the critics. Essentially. Yeah, I said it's in, it's an interesting explanation for why the dinosaurs look the way they do. Yeah. Then we go like back to the boys and they've kind of like left like the open area and they've like gone into the forest and they're like, oh, look at all these dinosaurs. One, two, three. And he's like, four. And the older brother's like, what are you talking about? Do you not? I thought. Freaking count. Can you count? He said one, two, three. And then he's like, there's one behind them. Which mm-hmm. turns out to be in the Indominus Rex, and it it goes after the the Ankylosauruses, and it kills them. And I wrote, um, it hurts my heart for the Ankylosaurus. Like I was distraught. Um, mm-hmm. My and then it Aunt Claire is aware that they're out there still, and that they're the well, ones. Well, they they here. escape. They escape the. Um- well, they no. Escape the she Indominus. knows that they're in the 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 one sphere that's still out there. Oh yeah. So she goes to call them, which then alerts the Indominus Rex to their existence, and then they have this whole sequence where they're being like hunted by it. The Indominus Rex tries to get them out of the gyrosphere the way Kaido tries to get treats out of his Kong, <laughs> where he like <laughs> he <laughs> takes the open like butt of the Kong and <laughs> just slams it on the ground until the treat comes out. And the Indominus Rex was doing the same thing to try to get these humans out of that sphere. And they kind of like they jumped out, um, ran, and they had to jump in the water to get away from the dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And I would. And the end. The uh uh. God, why do I keep wanting to say Indoraptor? <clears throat> the Indominus Rex, uh, looks at the water and goes, "Nah, fuck know. that." And he <laughs> turns. Well, he turns waits. The other way. He waits there for a while. It takes the boys quite a bit of time to come back out of the water. Mm-hmm. So it was like waiting because it could probably pluck them, but probably just like cut its losses and was like whatever. Right. Um. I said I would not feel safe. Um. Because they got out of the water. I'd be like so paranoid that it was sticking by the water mm-hmm. and staying close. But it doesn't. Um, and then. And then it's time to deploy Raptor Squad. Not yet. I think, right? No. Oh, am I getting ahead of myself? Yes, you are. Okay, um, you go. Because I. that's the next part like, of my excuse notes. Excuse me, no. Um, then we get Owen and Claire go to where the, the, the gyrosphere was. Um, finds the phone. She kind of freaks out, and he's like, "No, they got out. Look at the footprints. They try trace the footprints back to the water." And he's like, "They must have jumped." Um, and they kind of finds out like, "Oh, these guys are killing for sport." Oh yeah, they see all the brachiosaurus. Like he's killing for sport. Is it brachiosaurus or brachiosaurus? Brachio, probably. Brachio. Probably brachio. Nah, I'm gonna say it break you. Um, anyway, um, because I'm an American. I just, she's like, 
I'm he's like, I got it. I'll search for everybody. You go. And she's like, no, like these are my nephews. She does like this whole song and dance where she like pulls up her sleeve. Yeah. And now she's ties like her shirt. Like I'm in sport mode, which I think is another like it's, it's a trope. It's a trope. Like you want her like if I was her, I'm wearing a tank top underneath. I'm just going to rip off the the top. Mm hmm. But it's also like the situation where a tightly wound businesswoman who hates fa- like being around family is uncomfortable with it, like now has to step up and be mama bear and like uh, be action hero type thing. It's a trope. And you see it a lot in a lot of different movies, a lot of different pieces of literature. It's, a fe- it's like a female stereotypical trope that we see all the time. Colin Trevorrow maybe doesn't know how to put women into strong roles i I would dare i say and then we have like i said this is a mess because the boys is it but is it a mess in a dress (laughs) i'm a mess in a dress can't show up on time (laughs) the boys are really resourceful um they for the most part stay out of trouble out of the way of the indominus rex they get to like the old part of the Jurassic Park, the observatory. Yeah, and they fix up a car, and they're headed out. They got the things, the sa- things at, in their jeep. At the same time, we have the guy who owns the park, like wanting to go on a mission to get this Indominus Rex taken care of. He took all the military people and, and he put them in, in a helicopter that he's flying. And he's flying, and he the doesn't helicopter. even have his flying license yeah. yet. Yeah, but they and, got machine guns on, like a turrets on the helicopter and they're gonna hunt this bad boy down and they and see it they see it and it runs straight into the observatory uh the the aviary yeah the where all of the pterodons are and thus releasing them then one of them kills- you're never going to catch the pterodons so it's like those things can very easily go to the mainland you're never gonna catch the pterodons well then we have like this horrible like the the men in the helicopter getting stabbed and then the helicopter eventually going down our our guy the rich who, guy dies a horrific or, death yeah. breaching the aviary um and yeah he doesn't there's no real and all of the pterodons then escape, escape and they make it, to, make it to the park and they wreak havoc and i i was i told brie i said so many people had to have died so many park goers had to have died but then you said you think that they just got injured yeah i think people were literally getting snatched though yeah i think one of the most horrific deaths um, oh my god this is so bad i remember seeing the movie for the first time in the theaters and just being like holy crap this is such a overkill of a death yeah the babysitter she gets horribly she gets like mangled by the pterodons they're like playing with her and then they the pterodons and her get eaten by the big fish dino whose (laughs) name that we don't know um and then they decide you know things are going shitty quickly but that's like another reason why maybe colin trevorrow didn't know what to do with female characters because it's like he said in an interview at one time well, we wanted this like really outrageous death to kind of show the the tragedy that could happen on an island full of dinosaurs. But I think he just really hated women. I mean, 
that that's kind of the theory, right? Like because there was a real strong like theme theme with the first three movies where like man like messes with she's she's the first dinosaur. she's the first female character to die of a dinosaur attack in the franchise. Yeah, it was like women inherit the earth was mm-hmm. like a line from the first movie, and it's like. You really ruined something really special. They wanted this. the first female death to be incredibly overkill and horrific. I like. I don't know why they made that decision. I don't know why they killed a female to begin with. She didn't need to die. It added she nothing. Re- it added absolutely nothing. I would say that's probably the worst part of this entire movie is her death. She didn't need to die, nor did she need to die as horrifically and as overkill as it was. I don't think it added anything. And then, so after all this is happening, they're going to use raptors. This is their Oh, field. yeah, raptor this squad. Is, this is their field test. Um, super cool raptor moment. Um, that scene, because they're, they're, they put cameras on the raptors, and they just deploy the raptors, and Owen is on his motorcycle. Uh, and they're, like, flanking. And they're, yeah, they're, like, riding along with him and running with him. I said... That is so freaking badass. I was like, that is so badass. That's something that they wanted to use in Jurassic Park 3 initially, but they scrapped and you know how it makes its way back into this script. But I got to hand it to Spielberg. Spielberg came up with that idea back in like uh, the late 90s, early 2000s. And it's freaking cool as hell. Honestly, it was really cool. It's really cool. And they're like, we're going to use the raptors. They're, they're a pack animal. They'll herd it into one space. Once we get there, don't hesitate. Get it. But then they do get it in one spot, and then they start talking. And they start, ah, They're like, are these freaking things communicating said, with each other? I know why they wouldn't tell us what this thing is. It's part raptor. So now it's got they got a new alpha. Yeah, he, he even says that. The raptor's got a new alpha. Alpha, watch your back. I don't have control over these guys anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get into a, a sequence in which everyone's trying to escape the raptors. The raptors are running after them. Meanwhile, the island is evacuated to an extent or everyone's inside. And the Indominus Rex and all the raptors make it to the main part of the park. Well, yeah, the people are like in like a storage container, like waiting to go on boats like they're yeah. they're like pretty much evacuated like no one's in the main park and i said i would kill for blue i wrote that down i just wanted that to be known <laughs> i but own like so owen, much- owen gets back on the side of the raptors because all the raptors surround him and claire and the and the kids and he like gets that they they it's like a double turn almost like it's like wrestling. no he gets blue so then once you get blue you get everybody else because Blue is not. What did he call well, him? Blue what? Blue's the is the beta. The beta. I I don't know. Because he's like I'm the alpha. Blue is like second in command. Mm-hmm. So they all listen. Which to Which one do you think Nelson is? <laughs> Just one of the worker bees. <laughs> Once you um, get blue, you get Nelson. You get Nelson. You get Charlie. <laughs> you get Delta. Um, and then like we have this sequence where. Like it's reeking, ha- like going after the the, the kids, Rex. the kids and Owen, and like oh my gosh, the scariest moment is like when the 
Indominus Rex gets the little kid's belt loop. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, and he's crying. That actor did an amazing job. Like, you can see that. I'm telling you, that kid, that kid was in every mid 2010s action movie, like big blockbuster. He played every kid role and then dropped off the face of the earth. But then here's where we have Claire turns into Mama Bear. She's like, I need, she calls the one guy who said he'd stay behind. Yes, Nick Miller from New Girl. Yes. She's like, I need you to open Paddock 9. And he's like, are you sure that I should be opening Paddock 9? She's like, just do something for once in your miserable life or something like that. And Paddock 9 is the T-Rex Paddock. The T-Rex, which is the same T-Rex from the first movie. And we know we this confirmed by scars that are on, yes, you healed can see, scars on the dinosaur. You can see the scars, yep. And they're healed. Yes. So this is an old injury, which makes me believe that some of these dinosaurs are original to the island. Mm-hmm. You should never have kept the original dinosaurs mm-hmm. on the island. Um, she has a flare. She's running with the flare. Once she Claire gets, has a flare. Claire has a flare. Yo. And once she gets to the main part, she throws the flare at the Indominus Rex so that the T-Rex who was focused on her will now be focused on that. And then we get the coolest fight scene where it is not only the T-Rex fighting Indominus Rex, but Blue. Blue joins the party. And protects like the T-Rex from like getting murked because there was a moment there where it was, it was getting it's, like, it's kind of a cool sequence because you got the the... T-Rex fighting the Irex, and then Blue is just hopping around everywhere. Trying to help is like the best yeah. he can. Hopping on the T-Rex's back and everything. Pretty cool stuff, honestly. Like, I'm as much crap as like we give this movie for some of the decisions that it makes, like the, the di- dino fight sequences are cool as hell. And then we get the Chekhov's dinosaur. Um... <laughs> Uh, Deus Ex Dino, yeah. Where um, the fish dino the they gets Indominus Rex in the end. Yeah, they got they the they knock him down. They knock him down, and then they corner the Irex into uh like by the water area, and the Irex is about to like go in for another attack, and then the fish dino that ate the assistant comes in and eats the. Which is so cool. It's Deus Ex Dino. If I was the Indominus Rex, I would be furious that I got triple teamed and something that I didn't even know existed snuck up on me and killed me. I would be furious. I would be furious at it. And then the dinos nod their heads at each other in acknowledgement. And then they run off. It's a Mosasaurus is what it's called. The fish dino? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, super cool. Um, so they acknowledge each other. The dinos head nod down to one another. Um, and then Owen Owen and blue kind of head nod at each other. And then we get like the scene where everyone's like getting bandaged up. We're all like safe. The parents for the kids come and you get like this, like happy reunion with everybody. Mm-hmm. And then the movie ends in the most glorious way. Oh, yeah. This Everyone. Is the T-Rex the gets up. Ah. And it it does its dinosaur roar. And you're like, this is how it's supposed to end. I own the park now. Like, this, the T-Rex makes like a full fa- baby face turn. The T-Rex always making baby face turns, though. A T-Rex baby face turn at the end of Jurassic Park 1. 
T-Rex babyface turn. Well, not really baby. It was never a heel in this movie. It was always babyface. So the babyface wins. I mean, yeah, like the T-Rex is the babyface all the time. Mm-hmm. I was, the only time the T-Rex wasn't a babyface, the second one. But uh, that's a different scenario where it's like, you understand why the T-Rex wasn't a baby face because it was being threatened. Yes. They, they mess with its babies. Yeah. This movie, it has it has something to say. That's what we were thinking too. Because for some reason we judge the Jurassic Park movies on if it has something to say. Yeah. Does it have something to say? Yes. It's about consumerism. It's consumerism and control. And the fact that we don't have control over wild things. And I think control is a larger theme that carries over to the next movie, too, because I don't even remember. Honestly, I don't remember the next movie. We watched it. I watched it. I kind of I watched it once with you and I was like half paying attention. It's it's like it deals with clones. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Clones. Clone Wars. Begun the Clone Wars have, <laughs> but I like I like this movie. Um, I when it first came out, Anthony, I was obsessed. Well, I went and saw it with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, because the only people, oh, the only person who would go see it with me is my mom. Um, we spent a day. We I went to Build a Bear. I got a blue Build a Bear. That's had- not the same one. I got you that right. No, you didn't buy me this. I bought this for myself. Not when Jurassic World came out. Yes. Really? You've always had that? Yes. I thought that you got I, that when we were dating. I bought this for myself. I got you something. That. Ugh. I don't remember. You would never buy me a plush. I did buy you a plush. I bought you that guy. That plush that I'm pointing at right now that the listeners can't see. Yeah, when we went to the dinosaur... Well, we went to the best thing he ever. We went took to the Jurassic Park exhibit or Jurassic World exhibit at the Science and Industry Museum in Chicago, and uh, Brie was like a freaking kid in a candy store. I, if I was not a twenty-six-year-old young woman, they have like every year at the Donald. Like the Stevens I, Convention I suggested Center. going to that, and then you had to talk because I didn't know what it was. It's and like then, a dinosaur thing, and I was like, Anthony, it's like Dino World or it's something. It's Dino World. It's meant for kids. Yeah, um, you're like, it's meant for kids. Oh, I didn't know that. I said, though, when we have a child, then I have an excuse to go. Mm-hmm. I was like, if my kid thinks that they're not going to be a dinosaur kid, they got another thing coming. Yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe it had something to say about consumerism and. Uh, the idea that uh, our youths are desensitized by everything, like dinos aren't interesting to us anymore. What would be like another thing where it was like, man, this is so crazy that we have this thing, but now it's just like nobody gives a shit anymore. Cell phones. I'm th- I'm trying to think of something that we- you have a little computer in your pocket, like all the time. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I guess maybe it's an iPad. Maybe. Do you remember yeah. how big iPads were? Mm-hmm. And now it's like grandpa's got an iPad. Yeah. No, nobody has an iPad anymore. Right. We've like went and we regressed. Like we went now we're like the Kindle is all the rage again. Again? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, who needs a big honking iPad? My mom. Yeah. 
Everything um, gets smaller. Do you notice like we start off big, but now we're going small again? Yeah, soon we're going to have microchips in our brains. I would, I will pay for the microchip. If I can do all my my calls. Bill Gates trying to <laughs> microchip you, Brie? Come on, sheeple. Wake up. <laughs> wake up, sheeple. Shit. Um, all right, Brie. I have a question to ask you. It does. It makes it on your list. You better mark that down, though. At some somewhere, mark it on your. So you have three Jurassic Park movies on your list. Out of the one hundred, four percent of your list, three percent of your list is Jurassic Park. Um, let me just say, I'm excited for the new one that's going to come out because mm-hmm. I didn't much like Fallen Kingdom. Yes, and that's because I don't like seeing animals die. Sure. And we can get to that on the next. I get upset on the next one. Um, so you would you would add it to your top one hundred? Yes, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be in the top ten. It'd be yeah, there. It'd be there to be there. Yes, because you know, I can't ignore the fact that Owen Grady would be me if I was very muscular and worked on a dinosaur. And you island. use the male Snapchat filter. I look handsome. Um, for me, no, I don't think this goes on the top 100, but I'm being very picky about what goes what are you on talk there. talk about, bitch? <laughs> I think I'm being very picky about what goes on there. Um, but no, I would say no. Maybe honorable mention, but no. Um, it gets on the top 100 just because blue. Just because of blue? You got a whole other movie with blue coming up. I know, but I don't like the next one. Yeah. Um, all right. You want to wrap it up? Of course. Okay. So... That is Jurassic World. We, uh, you know, I, I, it was okay. It was good. It was okay. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I like watching the movies in franchise form so that I can like pick up on things. Like I would have never picked up on uh, the, uh, you're running a theme park and you're running a zoo at the same time connection if we didn't like just watch Jurassic Park not too long ago. Um, but it was good. So wrapping it up for this week. You can follow us on social media at review underscore pod on uh, Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at GLDTV1. You can email us at reviewpodcast1 at gmail.com. Bree, where can we find you? If you want to scroll um, and write on a little piece of paper and put it on a carrier like a homing pigeon, that's the only way you'll find me. Okay, yeah. Any pigeon? No, it has to be specifically a homing pigeon that I've given you. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's the pigeon's name? If you, if Homer, people are, the homing pigeon. Homer, the homing, homing pigeon. Okay, well, call out Homer and uh, you'll be able to contact Breathe that way. Um, otherwise, I think we are just about through here. So you can follow us on any podcasting platform that you can get your podcast from. We are available anywhere you can get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, what have you. And we will be back next week for the continuation and almost finale, almost finale of the Halloween franchise. We'll be getting into Halloween 2018. We're excited. Week. If you have an idea for what we should do next, like we, I know we need new us. franchises. Like because... You know, we're almost at our we end. might take a break from franchises, do a couple of one-off mm-hmm. movies, and then get back into a franchise. But you know, Anthony's addicted to franchises. I love franchises. I love universes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's wrap this thing up. 
for the review podcast. Uh, every Saturday you can find us. I'm Anthony. I'm Bree. This is Blue. And we'll be back next Saturday. The review podcast. Yeah.